everybody. What is going on? Welcome back once again to a brand new episode of Sweeten Up Podcast, season number two, episode number 71. I am your host, Jeff Spencer. Thank you so much for taking some time to join me today. I greatly appreciate it, whether you have for an entire season or you are today for the first time. Thank you so much for joining us. However, if you are just joining us for the first time, take a look back at our library of 70 episodes anytime you want, anywhere you subscribe to the show. As always, if you like what you hear on the podcast today, please be sure to tell all your friends and to subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcasts so that you never miss a future episode. You can find the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Sweeten Up Podcast. With that being said, my guest on the podcast today is my man, Dan Cardos. Chef Dan Cardos is a Connecticut legend and the owner of Orin Oak and Orin Oak Birdhouse in Stratford, as well as Orin Oak Birdhouse in Milford and Orin Oak Creamery, as well as the Orin Oak Food Truck. Basically, Dan Cardos has all your bases covered. He is known as the Chicken Sandwich King, the co-founder of Liberty Rock Tavern, and the absolute pride of not only Connecticut, but Stratford, Connecticut. He has worked with some of the great chefs of our state, great restaurants of our state as well, and has traveled the country opening bar taco restaurants and so much more. When I say Chef Dan Cardos has done it all, I mean it. Recently, he won Guy's Grocery Games and made Connecticut proud. We covered it all, and I had an absolute blast listening to Dan's stories and everything in between. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, the man, the myth, the total legend, Mr. Dan Cardos. Joining me on the podcast today via Zoom video conferencing, what an absolute honor and pleasure it is to have this legend on the other side of my computer screen. He is Marty from Stop and Shop's best friend, Guy's Grocery Games champ, fried chicken Sammy God, and so much more, the great and powerful Chef Dan Cardos. And Dan, thanks so much for joining me, and how are you this evening, buddy? Thanks for having me. I, I'm great, man. And that was quite an intro. I don't know, I don't know if that could ever be outdone. Awesome. Well, glad to hear it. I, I try to have the intros have a little something for everybody, so I'm I'm glad to hear it. And it's so good to see you. I mean, we were just chatting a minute ago. Big fan of your work, everything that you've been doing here for us in Connecticut. We're so appreciative. You know, you're a legend on the rise. And before I get into everything that you've been doing and where you got your start and just all that good stuff, one place I like to start with my guests, considering last year, is sort of how they got through COVID. You know, on a personal level, a business level, I, I'm always interested to get people's perspectives on how they got by through a difficult time. So, what could you tell us on that front? Whew. Well, I mean, uh, you know, obviously in the beginning it was it was confusing for all of us, and it was we were all just on this roller coaster of what's going to happen and what is happening, and you know, there was a big adaptation period. Um, and then once things kind of, you know, started to level out and we started to, you know, I hate to be cliche, but once everybody started referring to everything as the new normal, you know, um, we sort of just, just adapted our business and, and just, just kept it moving, man. And just did anything and everything we could to not even try to make money, but just to keep ourselves busy and just so that we could feel like we were still trying to to survive even though you know business was down for everybody business was in the toilet and uh you know it, it was emotionally and mentally taxing but uh we came out the other side you know a little better than than when we went in and um you know i'm one of the lucky people and, and me and my business partner are, are, are 
are thankful for that. And uh, we don't take it for granted at all. That's for sure. Cool. Very cool. I know that, you know, like you said, it was, it was a good time for some to, to really work on certain things and have that time and, and, you know, really hard for others. And especially in your industry was hit so hard. And uh, I, you know, I can't imagine uh, <laughs> what it had been like and, and everything like that. And, uh, you know, real quick, before we dive into our next question, love your hat, by the way, Bissell Brothers. Uh, Thanks. I, Thanks. I, yeah. I had family that lived in Maine for uh, almost my entire life. So I love going up in there, going up there and, and checking out Bissell and everything like that. Yeah, me too. Portland, me Maine. too. I, I, in fact, you were just I, there, I, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love Portland. Uh, we hope to actually um, either get a second home out there or uh, just oh, kind of cool. split our time between there and, and, and here. Uh, in the future, that's sort of in the in the short term, long term plan, you know. Yeah, Portland, Maine is love so it there. Oh, I could. <laughs> it's one of those places where I always tell people if I could snap my fingers and 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 end up somewhere, yeah. live somewhere, it would totally be Portland, Maine. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I, I do. I love it. Being a big uh, lobster guy myself, uh, it's it's great, and um, which is why I love Matchburger Lobster and everything like that. But uh, <laughs> before we <Yeah>. dive into every, <laughs> before we dive into everything. Uh, like that, uh, you know, where did this love of cooking begin? You know, was it an early age? Was it something you became interested in later along the way? You know, when did it really start for you? You know, for me, it was something that was always uh, innately in me and something that was always entertaining to me and just felt like something that I just had a, nat a natural um, just just desire to, to learn about and be around and um, it really started with a PBS TV show, two of them uh, in particular. One of them uh, was the Great Chef series, and I was especially obsessed with Great Chefs of Chicago when I was four or five years old. And my babysitter, my cousin Jenny, would just, you know, I'd sit there and just watch it over and over and over and over. And I, I just loved it. Uh, and another show that I loved was the frugal gourmet with a guy named Jeff Smith, who just did like, just, just, it was just a dump and stir, like, like cooking in his little studio kitchen, you know? Uh, and, and I loved it. It was just, you know, simple classic American dishes. And I, I don't know. I just, I gravitated towards it. It was just something that I, I just thought was so cool. And that just looked like, I don't know, fun, you know? Um, <laughs> And then once, you know, once I stumbled into restaurants at a, at a really young age, you know, uh, I never wanted to not be around it. You know, I just, I just enjoyed it. You know, just, it, it was just, it was a chance to, you know, be around people that were older than you, that you think are cooler than you. And, <laughs> and, you know, the culture then was just, was just so much different than it is now. There was a lot of negative things about it that we flushed out and, you know, we're really trying to. To, to change the industry for the better, but there was also just really cool things about it too, that just uh, don't exist anymore. You know, um, not, not right now, not in today's climate and in today's restaurant world, they certainly just aren't like they used to be, but it was awesome, man. It, it was awesome. I, I, I loved it. I still do love it a nice. lot. Nice. And, and uh, talk, talk to me about sort of where your roots are from, where you grew up, what you were doing, uh, your, your high school days, things like that. You know, was it was it cooking? Were you were you doing it around then? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was it was. So I'm from Stratford, Connecticut. I was, you know, born there, raised there, and now, oddly enough, or I guess not oddly enough, you know, now that the more I, I you know, stop and look at myself, you know, I, I own two restaurants there. 
Um, I grew up in a restaurant that's a Stratford staple called um, Knapp's Landing Restaurant. It's it's an institution, man, and it's just I been love, there. I love it. It's been in there. <laughs> yeah, so my business partner, Pete, his family owns Knapp's Landing. They own the property that it's on. They own the boatyard, which is also uh, a gas dock um, for boats right on the mouth of the Housatonic River. And they've owned that piece of land for a long, long time. And Pete's grandfather uh, built everything on that piece of land with his bare hands. Wow. Um, literally. And, uh, you know, so since a young, young, young age, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old, we were down there. You know, we learned to ride bikes there. We learned to, uh, you know, fish over there. We learned to, you know, do everything good and bad in life that you do growing up. We did down there, man, believe me. Um, and now in the summertime, you know, we still have a hand in operating the restaurant. Pete spends a lot of time operating it. You know, I'll, I'll pitch in here and there and, you know, do events down there or uh, step in the kitchen sometimes and help them get organized and, and things of that nature. But so, yeah, I mean, that was it, it opened at, as Naps Landing in 1997, 96. And uh, prior to that, it was a Japanese restaurant. Pete's grandmother is Japanese. And Pete's grandfather was a soldier in World War II and um, got married to a Japanese woman in Japan. And they moved back home after World War II. So wow. it was one of the very, very first, uh, um, you know, hibachi and, um, you know, like just true Japanese restaurants in the Northeast at the time. Um, and it operated that way for, for many, many years before uh, Pete's mother, uh, their daughter, you know, uh, ended up taking it over and turning it, turning it into Naps Landing, which it still is now. So I've been around restaurants my whole life. I've been working in restaurants in Stratford my whole life. Um, I've been the chef of restaurants in Stratford my whole life. And I've owned restaurants in Stratford for going on like four, four years now, almost five years. So, and I, you know, I, I own another restaurant in, in Milford, Connecticut, where I live now. We're going to continue to open restaurants and, and, you know, in, in other towns and in other areas, but you know, Stratford is something that's near and dear to me. A lot of times people are like, why, why are you, why are you there? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's easy to, to ask that because honestly, it's like, uh, it's kind of a, it is, it is very much a, a blue collar town. And, um, some of the food that I do could sometimes be perceived as a little bit upscale, but it's really not. And, um, you know, some people just think that I do better in other markets, but yeah, I have an affinity for where I'm from. You know, I, there's a sense of pride uh, with being able to operate in the town. So, you know, as long as I'm, as long as they want me there, I'll be there. You know, <laughs> that is so cool. Well, I know one thing they're going to want you there for a very long time because you know, what you're doing is, is awesome and everyone loves it. And you know, Stratford, I love Stratford. When I think Stratford, I think, you know, like you said, blue collar people, really down to earth, like awesome people. And then you yeah. have, you have two roads brewing, which is over there yeah. as that beautiful sure. facility and, uh, you know, everything that you've got going on over there. And I think Stratford, I think Stratford's great. And I, I think people sort of sleep on Stratford because it's not one of those poppy towns or, you know, Fairfield County and like all this stuff, you know, I feel like that's where kind of most people feel like that's where the best food is, but people really got to, Got to branch out, and Stratford is definitely a place people got to check out for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, uh, you know, we are always trying to better ourselves and better the town and, 
and you know just just grow like like other uh you know other towns and cities in the area but we just do it at a very specific pace and in a very specific way because you know in small towns like that people are very loyal to the town they're very loyal to themselves they're very loyal to their roots and you know they don't want to to you know have the town become something that they can't feel they have a hand in so you know we we move kind of slow out there but we're we're definitely uh we're, we're we're coming around the corner you know nice and you know fun fact about stratford I had a, uh, my genealogy done, and I found out I'm a descendant of the Beardsley family, and they founded Stratford, yeah. uh, who the zoo is named after. I mean, yeah. there's a ton of descendants, but I just thought that that was super, super funny. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's really yeah, cool. So, so. That's a great piece of trivia, too. <laughs> exactly. Um, so talk to me. Are you... Colin, did you go to culinary school? or, or, or Yeah. No, yeah? What, tell me about that. Where did you go, and how was that? So I went to the Culinary Institute of America, the mighty CIA. Uh, I graduated in June of the year 2000. Ooh. <laughs> and um, yeah, man. And honestly, that was some of the most fun I've ever had in my entire life at that school. <laughs> Hyde Park? I loved it. I loved Yeah, Hyde Park. Yeah. Um, it was it was just great, man. And, it, and it's 21 months long at the time it was, they might've changed the curriculum, you know, and, um, you know, it used to be 21 months and you just go through, you know, and like about two thirds of the way through, you do your internship, you know, your externship as they call it. And then you come back and you finish up for like six or seven more months in and you're done. And, uh, man, I loved it. I, I, I truly, truly loved it because it, it was very much a, college experience for real you know and it, for for cooking at the time too in, in culinary schools there was a lot of people that went to a couple of years of regular college and said hey like you know this isn't for me so they find themselves at cooking school and then there was of course people that were passionate about cooking and then there was people that were like in their 30s and 40s who were making career changes you know who like I don't know. They wanted to open a, you know, whatever they want to open a bakery. They want to, whatever it was, you know? So there's people there. I remember one of our friends was a woman named Angela and Angela was about 67 years old. And her husband was an instructor at the school and she would be hanging out in the dorm with us, smoking weed, drinking you know just like bullshitting with us you know and, and dude she was one of us man you know so and we hung out a lot man so you know there was just it was quite an interact an interesting mix of people and the industry also just automatically attracts outliers and just you know i i guess like rebels and you know uh people that just don't really fit in anywhere else so it's kind of just like this island of misfit toys you know, right outside of Poughkeepsie. And um, it was just, a, it was a great time, man. I truly, truly, I, I loved every minute of it. And I really mean that. Yeah. I would, I would do it again if I could in a heartbeat. <laughs> we got to have Dan Cardos go back to culinary school. Just Yeah. Like, dude, I'd be like Rodney Dangerfield, man. I'd fucking go right back. You know, I'd, I'd join the diving team. I'd do all that shit. Little Van Wilder. Little Van Wilder. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, uh, a decent amount of my guests have gone to culinary uh, school and have gone to uh, the CIA over there, Hyde Park. And 
they would say similar things that they had a great experience and they really enjoyed it and everything like that. So in 2000, you leave culinary school. What was the next move? So now I end up, so the summer of that, without you know, without drawing this out, because this could be a 10-hour conversation. Sure. So without drawing out too far, I, I come home from culinary school, right? And I, I'm working at this place called the Three Bears in Westport, which at the time was a illustrious Westport restaurant. It really was. Um, and it had like huge brunches and we would do tons of parties. And you know, it was just a Westport staple that had been there for a thousand years. And the chef there was a guy named Steve. Vazano and Steve was a, a good dude. He was a good chef too, but it was just like, I, I wanted more. I wanted what I saw on TV. You know, I wanted what I had seen as a child. I wanted like the great chefs of Chicago in real life. That's what I wanted, you know? So now I find myself at the Waldorf Astoria hotel. Right. And I'm like 19, maybe, Ooh. maybe 20, you know, just getting screamed at. <laughs> and get and you know you 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 just you know it, this was this was the Waldorf at the time was the top of the uh, the top of the hotel game. They had multiple restaurants there, and at the time Laurent Gras, who is a really really renowned old school chef, you know hard ass dude, was the chef at uh, Peacock Alley there. <laughs> and um, this guy wouldn't even wouldn't even look my way. Wouldn't even give me the time of day. You know, I'd like chef. You know, please, I want to get in your kitchen, chef, 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 chef. So whatever, I was working banquets there and I was filling in at some of their other restaurants and just doing what I was doing. And then um, I was there pretty much until right around 9-11, man. And, you know, the second 9-11 came, I was going to say, did 9-11 have an impact? Uh, yeah. Oof, oh, my God, dude. I mean, it just, boom, took the rug out from everything in that area, man. So, you know, now I found myself back home. You know, and, I, and my dreams of, you know, well, you know, I, you know, I still, they were calling me, you know, we're going to get you back in. We're going to get you back in. But I was low on the totem pole, man. And that back then, you know, these were unionized jobs, you know? So when you're, you know, I just got cut, you know, and I would just be told, you know, you'll be back as soon as there's room to bring the staff back. You know, I was one of the last hires they made. So I was one of the first kids to go, you know? So I was like, what am I going to do? This sucks. I ended up working, just bouncing around restaurants and just kind of like, Working here, working there, working at dumps. I found myself at um, a country club, which was just a very sobering experience because I'm just nothing wrong with country clubs, nothing wrong with country club chefs, nothing wrong. Just again, I want this. I want that. I wanted like, you know, I, I wanted the, the the subculture that is working in a fine dining establishment. You know, and like, you know, just becoming better, becoming a real chef. I wanted, you know, I'm still not a chef, you know, I'm not, not, nothing. I'm just a cook. I'm a kid. I don't know shit. So, and I, you know, you keep going to country clubs and going here, going there. And so finally, I'm like, now I'm bartending on the side, right? I'm like, this, I'm at Naps Landing bartending. I'm like, I can't make any money right now. All these restaurants are shit. You know, like, I want to be a chef. I want to be a sous chef, but I'm not good enough to get hired for that and the places that are hiring me they fucking suck you know they're just shit <laughs> so finally i'm looking in the, in the newspaper nah this is this is a true story so my buddy's working for for storch who i love dearly matt storch shout out matt storch yeah just at match restaurant dinner. just had my birthday Mom. dinner there at burger lobster oh yeah <laughs> he's the best i love him so my buddy luke is the sous chef at match and he tells me, yo, this cool restaurant that I think you'll like opened up like two doors down. Call him. 
So there's no, there's no Instagram. There's no Facebook. There's no fucking nothing. So I find the phone number. I think I called information. I, I was outside the country club in the country club parking lot. And I'm like, I ain't going back in there. This is fucking bullshit. I'm not going back in there. So I call this number for the restaurant. This guy, Bill Taby, answers the phone, right? Yes, Bill. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know, I, I, I need a job cooking, man. I hear you've got a great restaurant. And he's like, uh, yeah, you know, come on down. We need people. So a week later, I'm in there, right? And his brother, Jeff, who's a, a dear friend of mine. I work for Jeff. him. I work for him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's the best, man. Yeah, he's the so, best. <laughs> You know, Jeff was in and out. Jeff was working there. Then Jeff was just traveling for a while. Yeah. Um, so I would kind of like fill in, you know, I would take take over Jeff's duties when Jeff was gone. And they had another kid there by the name of Greg Llewellyn, who is an unbelievable chef. So now I'm like, all right, shit, I'm, 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 now I'm really cooking. You know, we would get there at like, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning. Service wouldn't start till five. And it would just be, you know, in a nonstop, just fucking manic run through the menu, prep like crazy, set up, you know, and then busy, busy services of just a handful of guys. You know, there's the, this guy, a legendary guy, Matt Balba, who is a, you know, Fairfield County staple in kitchens who's been around forever. He was there. You know, and, and we were just in there making really good food, man. Really, really, really good food. And, you know, it lasted for like a year like that. And then, you know, it was just, that was Bill's first, first restaurant as an owner. And, you know, the partnership ended up not working out and the thing fell apart. And now I'm devastated. I'm like, well, now what the fuck do I do? So now, you know, we were there and it was great. It was everything that we were. I was like, this is it. You know, like, dude, we would fucking work our asses off, go out all night, fucking party, go fucking nuts. This was when South Norwalk was insane, man. Insane. <laughs> and then, you know, we're back there the next day. And it was just, you know, some of the most, I was like, this is what this is. That's what it is. And it doesn't have to be about the booze and the partying, like, you know, but at the time, like, it, it was just an awesome, you know, part of, 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 again, the subculture of what it was. And, you know, obviously things change over the years, but at any rate, so, you know, then I ended up just bouncing around places and blah, blah, blah. And then finally I linked back up with Bill sometime later and we, um, uh, he opens Napa and company as the chef in Stanford. And, you know, I was the sous chef um chef de cuisine whatever the fuck you want to call it <laughs> and we had um you know a, a great run over there um and then you know i sort of just started to, to go off my own way you know i thought of myself at um a place harvest supper in new canaan which was uh, my real 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 first you know head chef gig where it was like okay i'm a chef now you know um, you know, I'm changing the menu every day and I'm, you know, getting the best ingredients I can get my hands on. And, you know, it, it was just a competitive, good, great restaurant um, owned by an awesome people, uh, Jack and Grace Lamb, who are still great friends of mine and operated in their day. Some of the some of the best restaurants in New York City on the Lower East Side. Mm. Um, so anyway, so. You know, that's kind of it. So then, you know, there's just a period of me just, you know, now I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm a chef now. This is, you know, I love this. I'm here. This is what I'm doing. And then, you know, I, I, since then it's just been a whirlwind of, 
you know, I've worked for giant companies. I've worked for small companies. I've started my own company. I've owned bars. I've owned food trucks. I've owned fucking ice cream trucks. <laughs> I've uh, written people's menus. I've designed people's restaurants. I've, you know, you name it, you know, wow. without, without drawing it out, you know, to, you know, and, and quick note, like somebody asked me for a resume the other day. And I, was just like, I was just like, dude, like, it would just look stupid. If I gave you this piece of paper, it would look so fucking stupid because It'd go on it, forever. It would be, there's like, so much like shit a- on it. It would just, it would just look, and it's not even a, a matter of, you know, like, I don't even, th- I'm not even that prideful of a guy that I think I, I like don't need it or need it. I'm just like, why would I bother writing all that shit down on a piece of paper to show you? Well, that doesn't even scratch the fucking surface, you know, of, wow. of just the stuff that, that I'm, I'm lucky enough to have been a part of, you know? Wow. That's so cool. And, you know, now it all makes sense. Uh, you know, just watching everything you've been doing and knowing that, you know, you're, you're a Bill Tavy disciple, as I like to call it. I mean, <laughs> sure. for sure, I, man, because I've had a lot of guests on who, uh, worked with Bill Tavy and now they're, they got their own place. They're crushing it. They're on the food network, all this stuff. And I remember joking with Emily of Tavern. Yeah. Well, I love her. When, we, we, me, me and Julie went there the other day. She's great too. love her. I got to get up there. I, I, I haven't yet. Yeah, she's um, great. Jeff and I are hope, hoping that him and I are going to have a day where it works out where we can get up there and, and say, I know. yeah, but, uh, but yeah. And, you know, I was talking to her and I said, you know, I Bill Tavy's kind of like Yoda, you know, he's got all these, <laughs> these, yeah, these you know, these younglings in training. And then he sends that, you know, that, you know, they, they, they go off and, and become Jedi's, you know, they become rock stars. Listen, he's, um, He's a fucking crazy fucking dude, man, Bill. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I think that a lot of times in, in the local blogs and stuff, you know, I'll, I'll read comments where people are basically like, we're sick and tired of fucking hearing about this guy, right? <laughs> you'll read that. You'll, you'll read trolls say that bullshit sometimes. Wow. And it's like, well, if the guy would stop doing so fucking much, maybe people wouldn't be talking about him all the time. The guy does everything like he it's fucking crazy man and i'm not just saying that because he's my old boss or he's my friend like it's crazy the shit that this guy spearheads man and like and for as as you know locally known as he is in our industry you know he still will sit down and talk with anybody he will give anybody a shot he very 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 rarely says negative things about people, even when he has a bad situation with them, when it comes to, you know, he'll, he'll just find the good in you. He's tough to work for. He's a pain in the ass, but he'll find the good in a situation in this industry because he truly believes in what he does, you know, to, 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 to a fault. Sometimes he cares so much about it that he'll, he's willing to overlook everything else just to try to make it better um, and make, make the whole scene better, you know? So every award that he's going to win this year, he absolutely deserves. I'll tell you right now. And I mean that whole, I mean that wholeheartedly. Yeah, no, he's incredible. And, uh, having the opportunity, the really awesome opportunity I've had to work on Jeff's food truck at Not Hill on Friday nights. I don't take (laughs) that. I don't take that for granted at all. I think it's so cool because, you know, you have to understand, like, I know nothing about cooking. I'm not a chef. I, I, you know, I host a podcast. I mean, I'm getting better with my cooking because of talking to people like you and really giving it a shot, but I mean, nothing. So, 
you know, when Jeff said he, he was looking for people to work on his truck, I'm like, yo, this is my opportunity to learn from like a, a great one. And so Jeff is, um, Jeff is, is yeah. one of the most naturally skilled cooks that there is yeah. bar, bar none. Yeah. And bar like, none. and I don't cook on his food truck. Like I, I just help him, you know, with the orders and everything, sure. but just, but just being there and, and learning from him, uh, regardless has just been so amazing. And I, I just, I never take it for granted and it's, it's just so cool. And, and, and Bill is so cool. And just what a, what a great, what a great duo. What a great, <laughs> what great brothers, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Yeah. But anyway, Truly. so getting back to everything that you've been up to, talk to me about when you opened uh, your first restaurant, Liberty Rock Tavern. Uh, such a huge hit. I know, obviously, yeah. it's not gone. It's still around. It's it's still yep. awesome and, and everything like that. So talk to me about Liberty Rock. And then also, at the tail end of that, definitely get into Orinoke and how that started and where that's going. Sure. So in, in a nutshell, um, I was working for Barcelona people. Oh yeah, uh, and I found yeah. There's a whole stint there too. Yeah, and, and I find myself down in um the DC area, right? So and and Barcelona was was great. You know, it was just I mean, I, when I was working for them, it was like in the middle of their boom. You know, they're getting ready to sell the company. They're growing this thing out like crazy, and you know, I would just go and just help them open restaurants. You know, it's, I'm opening bar tacos. I'm traveling around. I'm doing whatever I'm doing. Uh, and I find myself working in uh, like Fairfax, Virginia. Taco too? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. No. I was the, I was the actual chef at one point at Bar Taco Westport. Then I was just going around opening Bar Tacos. You know, I was in okay. Atlanta. I was in DC. You know, whatever. So now I find myself in Fairfax, Virginia area, uh, Reston, Virginia, and I um, get approached by this company there. Uh, that owned a, t- a shit ton of very, very, very busy restaurants. And, you know, I just started talking with them and I end up getting hired there to be the research and development chef in DC. So I'm in DC. There is a point to this. So I'm there and they got this, this awesome little test kitchen. They set me up in and I spent like a year there just, you know, helping them develop recipes and sort of just, you know, just making food. That was my whole job. That's all I did. And, Everyone fucking hated me because I didn't have to wear a uniform. I didn't have to take a piss test. I probably shouldn't have said uh, they, they, <laughs> I didn't have to do shit. I didn't have to shave my beard off, you know, and everybody else did. So they fucking hated me, you know, and I, <laughs> I'm in this test kitchen and they were like, fuck this guy. But I still managed to make some friends anyway. They're, they're sweet, dude. Great companies called Great American Restaurants. They were a very, very, very busy, very highly structured company and one of the best companies I've ever, ever, ever worked for. But anyway, after a while, I really, there was a a boss who I didn't have when they hired me. I had no boss. It was an older gentleman. He had about six months left there. And when this guy came back, he was on like a long leave for some medical issues. And when he came back, this guy set his sights on me. He was like, this motherfucker who hired this guy. I fucking hate this guy. He hated me. He fucking hated me. And then, you know, normally I would make this guy's life hell, but I was like, you know what? I could tell this guy, he, you know, he's, he's literally got like six months left before he retires. I'm going to do this guy a favor. And I sat this guy down one day and I said, I want to thank you all very much for the opportunity you provided me here. I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm leaving. And they're like, what? Great. <laughs> this guy's like thrilled. Right. 
So I'm like, all right, fuck. I go home <laughs> and I find myself hanging out at the King's Court, which was a little dive bar in Milford. And somehow, some way, I, you know, I end up in this conversation with these guys that want to buy this place. And next thing you know, we own Liberty Rock Tavern. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still called the King's Court, but we decide it's going to be Liberty Rock Tavern and we're going to open this place up. So we got the King's Court. We redo it. You know, and some blood, sweat and tears and a lot of arguments later. Here we are. Liberty Rock Tavern's open. The night before we open, we don't have a menu because we've just been busy fucking, <laughs> fucking banging nails and painting the place and making sure the toilets flush and, you know, making sure we got a dumpster and you know, all this shit. We've never done this before. <laughs> so like, all right, dude, the menu is going to be a chicken sandwich, a burger, a blah, 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 blah. I don't know. 15 minutes before we open the next day, the menu's done. We hadn't made one of anything yet. Nothing. Haven't even tried a thing and we're open and the chicken sandwich just fucking never never stopped selling dude you know <laughs> what i mean and people went on to say it was great and you know da, 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 and, dude it's a chicken sandwich man um but that's sort of how that that came to be you know and then um you know liberty rock uh i was part of that place for a while left on good terms i just you know wanted to do i you know i needed personally to get out of the late night bar thing it's just daunting you know there's nothing wrong with that lifestyle i lived it for a long time but you know i just i wanted to do more and me and pete kind of had always been you know kicking around ideas to open our own place and the the kind of just fell into our lap over in orono plaza spelled o-r-o-n-o-q-u-e orono so i go yo you know we should call the restaurant or ampersand and sign Oak. Get it? Orono. Cool. So the restaurant's called Orono. It's in Orono Plaza. At least 15 people come up to me a week go, hey, Dan, I love what you do over at Okinawa. It's so great. I've lived in Stratford my whole life. I'm like, it's called fucking Orono, dude. It's in Orono Plaza. You lived in Stratford your whole life. You're a member of the Orono fucking country club. You can't get the, the play on words, man. You can't understand it. Thank you for loving Okinawa. I appreciate that. But long story short, that's how we got to Orono. <laughs> that's awesome. And now Orono is is taking off from the plaza. And where can people expect to find that gem of a restaurant now? Yeah. So um, <laughs> very soon. So in the middle of the pandemic, you know, like right in the, right in the heart of it, when, when things were just rough and we were, you know, restricted to take out only, and, and it started to look like that was going to be, you know, a thing for a while. We stumbled across this little tiny, uh, what, what was a deli in Stratford? Um, you know, it's like Stratford center. I call it, but I don't even know if that's what it's really called. And I live there. So how can I blame somebody for calling Orono by the wrong name when I don't even know where the fuck this place is. But it's right by the train station in Stratford. We tracked down the landlord, our, our friend Gail, who is a sweetheart. And Gail says, yeah, man, you guys want to go in there? Go in there. So we opened this little takeout fried chicken place called Birdhouse, Orono Birdhouse. And it's basically just everything that everybody liked about our fried chicken during, during um, you know, the heart of COVID or the height of COVID when, you know, it's really like, hey, let's just streamline that and just make it a takeout chicken concept. We got some burgers. We got this. We got that. So we're there. And, you know there's a little diner next to it. And, you know, they, they were 
you know, toying with the idea of, of closing the diner. They were like, you know, people can't come in anyway. It's crazy. Takeout breakfast isn't very profitable, blah, 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 on, on the scale that they were on. So they close the diner and, you know, we approach our landlord because the same landlord. So we say, hey, we want to take that diner. And uh, she goes, all right, cool. And we go, what do you, she goes, what do you want to put in there? We go, we have, we have no idea. We don't know. Yeah, we, we have no idea. <laughs> and then we start thinking, we're like, you know, well, well Oran Oak's a big space. It's in Oran Oak Plaza. It's kind of far away. You know, we're almost on like the Shelton line. We want to be more on the heart of Stratford. You know, yeah. we really do. And so we kind of just decided, hey, all right, we're going to move Oran Oak to there. So we've been doing that. We're in the process, um, you know, and, and Pete, uh, he's basically just spearheading the, the overhaul of the place. And, you know, it was important to me to keep it has been a diner for my entire life. It's been a diner and, and one you know, incarnation or another. So it has diner stools in there. It has a diner counter and I wanted to keep that. And that's going to be the bar, you know, and, and, and we're redoing it in such a way that, you know, like you go down to sit at the counter, but you're sitting at the bar. And obviously we modified it to be an actual bar and, uh, you know, it, blah, 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 blah. But so, you know, and then when we're in the middle of this, we look over at the spot next door that used to be a convenience store. And we're like, dude, talk to our landlord, tack that on too. Just, just give us that too. So now we got our hands on this empty convenience store. We got the diner, we got birdhouse and I go, all right, we're going to build a little commissary slash just test kitchen and just a prep kitchen and a storage kitchen right next to uh, the new Oranoke, you know? So now I got birdhouse, I got Oranoke right there and I got a place so I could prep everything and store it all and deliver it all to myself so that, you know, I can kind of just keep, you know, keep things fresh and keep things going. Cause in the middle of all of this, we managed to open a restaurant in Milford as well, right at the end of my street. So, um, and that's open, that's operating, that's functional. That's called birdhouse Milford as a, you know, and, and that's a hybrid of birdhouse and Orono. We have a liquor license there. We have sit down, uh, indoor and outdoor seats and you know we open at the tail end of the summer and it's it's been busy 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 so you know and now it's like you know i'm driving around all day just to try to like implement new stuff on the menu when i could just be in the test kitchen building it all and then you know kind of instead of me driving to milford driving to stratford you know i could just be in one spot and everybody could kind of come to me and we could uh disperse and distribute to ourselves so that's what's been going on. And we just relaunched our food truck literally last week at Tribus too. So yeah, I got a lot of shit going on, man. <laughs> uh, when, when I think of it like that and I need to, you know, so the need for me to have a centralized home base is really, uh, uh, you know, uh, more of a necessity than anything else. So that's it. That's everything in a nutshell. Who's better than chef Dan Cardos right now. That is awesome. <laughs> I mean, dude, that's fucking everything. That's, uh, that's <laughs> everything. In a, that's it. That is so cool. I mean, so much going on, man. You worked at Bar Taco, which I, I love. You worked at Barcelona, which I love. Um, that is that is super super cool. You know, doing all that stuff. But man, what you're doing right now is even cooler. So let me get this straight: Birdhouse and Stratford. You're all Orn Oak is coming over to Stratford. Yeah, that Birdhouse and Milford. Yeah, and then your test kitchen and, yep. and the food truck. And yep. what about Orno Creamery? So Orono Creamery, we kind of like just put that on, on hold for now because I took the, the, the long, the long story and the short of it is the, the ice cream machines that were on there, 
make more sense. Well, two things. They draw an insane amount of power. And to have a mobile soft serve truck would require more generators than I felt like lugging around. And it was a pain in the ass. So we took the machines off the truck. And next summer, the machines are going to be in Birdhouse Milford because it's right on the water. And it'll just be a cool little ice cream shop. It'll be a nice addition to what we do there. Um, And I took that truck and converted that into a club sandwich truck, which is our new food truck. Because I sold my old food truck to Christian Patroni, who is using it for Gabagool Media um, to just help him as he's growing. You know, he, he's a, another crazy busy guy. So I'm glad you mentioned him. I'm glad you mentioned him because I was going to say I know that you uh, your brother's with Christian Patroni and he's <laughs> yeah. he's, doing, he's doing crazy things such as you. And uh, you know, where did you guys meet, and what's your friendship like? I met Chris at a restaurant called Barroso in Stanford that I was the chef at quite some time ago. I don't even remember the year, but uh, yeah, about 10 or 11, 12 years ago. And, you know, he, at the time was, he was uh, a big Barcelona chef. He was, I believe the chef at Barcelona and Greenwich, but he did so much more than that for them. And he kind of just, we just stumbled across each other's paths and, uh, he's just such a wild dude and he's such honestly an inspirational guy because he just thinks on a different level and thinks in a different space. And, you know, a lot of times people will look at a guy like him, especially in our industry and be like, Oh, he's lucky. Uh, Or, Oh, you know, that must be cool to just be on TV not knowing, you know, what that dude has gone through to get to that point and the sacrifices that he's made and the things that he's built and the machine that he has behind him that is powered all by him. You yeah. know, it's, I it's had a, I had a front row seat. crazy. I had a front row seat because um, I started working for as a paralegal for a law firm in Armagh, New York, right across the street from Fortina when he first opened it. And what was it? 13, 14, something like that. And yeah we would go over there all the time and I would see him all the time. And so I actually got a really cool front row seat to his, his eventual rise. And it was really awesome to watch. I gotta be honest. No, it's, it's, it's wild, man. I, I watch that guy sometimes. And you know, now when we do events, like I'm a boisterous guy, I'm a loud mouth guy. <laughs> um, I certainly have no problem being in the spotlight. Like when you're around a guy like that, you can't even try to compete with the energy that he brings. You have to just let him do his thing, man. You have to, and you'll be 10 times happier (laughs) with the whole outcome of things because he's just such a, like a a loving dude that like, you just can't help but just watch this guy and be like, yeah, I'm like, I still, when he shows up to an event, I'm just as excited as the people that are there. And that's a true story, man. I, I start, you know, jumping up and down and laughing and, um, he's just a fucking maniac, dude. But, uh, you can't like you, you can't teach that and you can't just stumble on that. That's like something that is in you. And if you don't let it out of you, like you're not doing yourself the service that you should, and you're not letting people, you know, experience what you, what you can offer, you know, and uh, he's just a wild dude, man. I, I love hanging out with that guy. I love cooking with that guy. I love talking with that guy. 
And you guys were just um, cooking recently, right? He was whipping up like butter sauce, Sicilian pizzas, or something. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. We we we're always doing doing pop ups uh, whenever we can. You know, we we absolutely plan to try to do one every couple months. You know, we do something together. Whether I'm helping him with a party or whether we're doing an event somewhere or uh, whatever it may be. You know. Yeah, you know, I'm glad I missed you both at Good Old Days Pizza. Uh, I was busy that day. I wasn't able to come by, and I'm so sad I missed it. But uh, I remember when, um, you know, Christian was over there doing his pop-up of the garlic bread, and I saw yeah. you it, and I'm like, no! <laughs> but yeah. uh, but that looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a great restaurant, too, man. Good Old Days is awesome. Uh, Marigold's is awesome. Great people, too. Yeah. Just had my 30th birthday celebration there on Friday. Uh, Stanzi whipped up a special pie that I made, and I put pineapple on it, and uh, a lot of people didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not didn't like it, but didn't like me for forcing Matt to put pineapple on pizza. Yeah, And And uh, Matt Matt is another guy that is just, like, mega talented and... Oh, it's unbelievable. Just understated in his skill. You know what I mean? And understated in the level of execution that that guy pulls off, man. Yeah. I was blown away when I just, in the two hours that I was there, I, you know, sometimes I get in situations like that. Like when I'm around real good chefs like that, I feel out of place. Cause I know how much like, you know, I, I, I'm a very competitive guy. I'd like to believe I'm a skilled guy, but you won't see me saying much when I'm standing around, you know, Bill or, when Christian and Bill are cooking together in the same room or, you know, I see Matt Stanzak running around doing his thing. Like, honestly, I'm so overwhelmed at how skilled these dudes are. Same thing with Jeff that I end up just being like the, the, the extra set of hands at an event like that. Like I'm just, you know, when I'm in their world, you, you realize how good these guys really are. You know what I mean? You realize how fucking good these dudes really are and how like, there's still so much more for, for, for me to learn. And, you know, for me to, to, I'm not even, I'm not even, I can't even hold a candle to some of these guys. It's fucking crazy. I'm not scared to say that because I, I just know how good they are and I know how good I am too. So um, it, it's crazy to see that, that there's guys in Connecticut that are just as good as some of the guys in any big city, you fucking name it. They are that good. They are that good. And, you know, I'm telling you, like I, I've been all over this country I've worked in kitchens all over this country and I, you know, I know that what we do here in our little pocket can compete with anybody, anybody period anywhere. Yeah. You know, I agree with that too. You know, my, my girlfriend's been in the industry for a while and she's eaten at some places, you know, all over, all over the world. And she even says that the best restaurant she's ever had in her life is the Welk. And I actually kind of agree. I think it's, I think it's, it's pretty amazing. Their seafood is like second to none. I don't know where they get it from. But <laughs> all over. Yeah. I mean, it, that's, what, that's what I'm saying about Bill. He, you know, it's meticulous, you know, he'll spend, you know, there's no end to what that dude will do to get the best things that he can possibly get. Yeah. Period. And and then the same with Matt Stanzak, you know, you, you hang out with him, you vibe with him, you chat with him and you'd have no idea that he's making some of the most fire pizza around. Oh, dude. <laughs> you would have no idea. I mean, so humble. This guy, this guy could talk to you about dough for fucking hours, <laughs> man. And you'd still just be like, what I, I won't even begin to understand the yeah. understanding that he has for it, you know. Yeah. So a few more things before we go. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate this. What a great conversation. Uh, and one yeah. of those things is ch- your chicken sandwich. People go nuts over your chicken sandwich. So what makes a great Dan Cardo's chicken sandwich? If there's some secrets, 
you know, definitely don't throw those in there. But what what do you think it is that gets people crazy for your chicken sandwiches? Um, you know, uh, the single most important thing, and I say it all the time. Love? No, 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 no. Listen, I, <laughs> for me, it's like it's it's more the, the love. The love starts like so far beyond that. That's just bleeding into all of it. Got you. Um, it's dude. It's it's in the way that you cut the chicken. It's how you handle the chicken. You know, you want to get good chicken. It doesn't need to be you know the absolute most amazing chicken you can get your hands on, but you want to get good chicken. You want to make sure that it's it's you know that it's cut properly, and you want to make sure that it's not just like shit bad overgrown chicken because it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard to cook. And it's just going to be shitty. You got to get a good good quality chicken. You have to cut it properly and if you cut it to the right shape and the right thickness and you cut it against the grain in the right way and you know you hammer it very very lightly um then from there it's just seasoned flour goes into a buttermilk mixture that has more seasoning in it it goes back into the flour and you have to put it in a really clean 350 degree fryer and it's almost better to over fry it a little because that will enable it to not be so mega juicy on the inside. You want it to be juicy. You never want it to be dry, but you want to sort of over fry it because if you don't, what will happen is so much juice that's still in the chicken will make the, the breading soggy. So you want to actually cook it to about 180 degrees as opposed to 165 degrees. And there, I mean, there's a whole side. I mean, I, I've made so many chicken sandwiches that there's a whole, I mean, you know, there's a whole science to it, you know? Um, but, and you'll see people fucking around, they're using thigh meat and they're doing this. And I'm not saying that that can't make a great chicken sandwich. It's just, they're brining the chicken and they're doing this and they're doing that. And all of those things can yield a great chicken sandwich. They can, they absolutely can, especially in the hands of a skilled person. But the way that I do it is, is, you know, it's, it's pretty much foolproof, you know, the, the system that we have. Um, and how we operate it and how we do it. And that's for me, it's about scalability. It's about me being able to put these things anywhere, you know, and that's, that's really what it's come down to for me. I'm, I'm thinking, how can I build 50 of these things? You know, that's awesome. And that's so, what leads me to my next question, for you, which is, you know, guys, grocery games, you were on guys, grocery games on the food network, which is super cool. In fact, my old neighbor, chef plum, shout out to chef plum. He was on guys, grocery games. Yeah. He's awesome. I love him. He won. Yeah. He was my old neighbor yep. in Newtown. Uh, shout out to him. And so seeing you on there was super cool. And you were in the fried food episode. Very fitting as we've been talking about. And, uh, you know, yep. you crushed it. You did such a great job. You got to meet guy, the, the freaking legend himself, the King. And awesome. You know, what could you say about your time and what could you tell me about the thought process that went into what you wore, the Hawaiian shirt? <laughs> oh, well, as far as the show, real quick, I just want to say it's an awesome production. The team is awesome. The people are awesome. Guy is awesome. The way it's put together is awesome. Um, and it's a real cooking competition. That's not tomorrow. So you would do it again tomorrow in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, I want to go back on. It's it's real, man. Like the cooking is real, the clock is real, the ingredients are real. That shit is real. And the dudes that are on there, and the dude and the men and women, not the dudes, the men and women that are on there um are skilled and are good. And you know, they were they were dogging me saying that I my oatmeal was gonna suck. What's that got to do with fried food? My oatmeal dish was gonna be fucking fire. I'm telling you right now, that shit was gonna be fire. But anyway, 
And then so the shirt and the cat uh, is she didn't honestly, like she didn't like that you went for catfish because she no, knew listen, at that point, better. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh man. Yeah, no, no. Listen, I apologized to her for that afterwards. I did. Uh, but listen, it's it's competition. And as far as the shirt goes, man, I wanted to wear something bright. That is something that uh I wear that shirt all the time. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't like a stunt costume. Like these are just clothes that I wear, man. That was like an everyday outfit for me in the <laughs> summertime. You can catch me wearing that anytime. I actually dressed down for the show. You know what I mean? Cause I didn't want people to think I was too, too crazy. Yeah, no, I uh, see. I know that you're a total vibe and that your clothing style is, is totally legit. But I just, for those listening, I definitely wanted them to, to understand. You got to listen. You got to check out this episode of Dan on guys, grocery games, wearing the Hawaiian shirt with the backwards cap, with the awesome glasses, just killing it, man. I mean, you were killing it. You were totally in your element. I got to tell you, watching that episode was a total joy because it seemed like you were just so happy. Like, you were, you were, like, and the minute I saw you walk up to, to Guy, I'm like, there's no way Dan loses. Like, he's just got the whole, the energy, the vibe, everything. And if you could tell us, what was a favorite, you know, a moment, you know, hanging out with Guy or just whatever, what was a favorite moment of the competition? Obviously, you won, so I'm sure winning the money was obviously pretty great. But yeah. what can you tell us about all that? You know, it was just, it's something that you kind of like think about. You know, like, I, I I don't know. You just, you manifest it. You know, I always envisioned myself doing that. That's not the last time I'm going to do something like that. You know, I, I've always wanted to do food TV to some extent, you know, uh, it's just, so when you're there, like, I just, I just soaked it all in because it was fun, man. And the one thing, you know, that's very, um, makes it easy. It makes it cool is that you get there, man. And guy walks right up to everybody and thanks you for being there. And, you know, says to you guys, Hey, you, you're all hand picked to be here, you know? And, you know, we, we want you to be colorful and have fun and be energetic. And he says, you know, don't be an asshole because everybody's going to watch this. You know, your family's going to watch this. Everybody's going to watch this and have fun, you know? So that just takes like, like a, a huge weight off. You know, and you're kind of just able to to really just go out there and, and, you know, have a good time and enjoy yourself. And, and you know, dude, I just flew across the country for, you know, uh, to, to, you know, to, to just do my thing. So I was I was excited, you know, about it. And I was very happy to be there. And um, they're the people that I cooked against, too, are, I mean, very, very skilled. Anybody could have won. And I went in there with that mentality that like, hey, man. Win, lose, or draw, I'm going to have fun. Um, and then, you know, once the clock goes off, like, yeah, that's or, you know, once the, the whatever, they hit, say go, it's just, um, that's just instinctual, man, at that point, you know. Yeah. So, who knows? We'll see what happens next. I would love to do something else. Uh, you just got to see, you know. That's so cool. You know, my other chef friends, anytime I see them post a picture of, uh, um, of the of the uh the bridge in uh san francisco the golden gate you know what they're doing yeah (laughs) yeah i kind of know what they're doing now and i remember i forget whether it was you or one of my other chef friends and i can't say his name because he was recently on the food network and uh that's going to be coming out eventually so i can't i can't do yeah but i remember whether it's you or him saying 
uh, did you win? I remember like commenting on somebody's story and being like, did you win? Because I just figured they were over there for Food Network. And yeah. it's like, it's just so great. And I love seeing you guys going over there and crushing it. And everyone, man, everyone does such a great job and reps Connecticut so hard. And I, and I love yeah. it. And, you know, your energy is, is just great, man. And it was just so great. Seeing thank you. you. you no, know, thank you. I want to do a quick, uh, Give me quick answers on these because I definitely want to get to these. What, what about yeah. your love with Marty from Stop and Shop? Oh, dude, he's the man. Uh, it, just, it just cracks me up that every time I turn around, this goddamn thing's over my shoulder. Beep, 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 beep. I love this. So I just take, your captions are great, man. You should. You so I just take a quick night. selfie with him every time, you know? Um, <laughs> that's it, man. He's, you know, I'd hire him in a heartbeat if I could. <laughs> That's awesome. I uh, obviously I see you know you love to work out. You're a big fan of that. Talk to me about that. Uh, you know, for me, it was just uh, started out a necessity. You know, I just once I hit my 30s, it was like, yeah, I gotta stop with the the booze all night and the cigarettes and the you know the Marco Pierre white lifestyle, chef lifestyle. Because dude, I don't want to drop dead. So I, I kind of just stumbled into fitness. Uh, my sister was very passionate, still is at the time, and she um uh dragged me to what she told me was a barbecue at a gym and it ended up being a very very difficult workout where you run a mile then you do 100 pull-ups 200 push-ups 300 air squats and run another mile it's called murph it's one of the hardest workouts of the year and that was my introduction to working out prior to that i had worked out ever in my entire life so gotcha. And I couldn't walk for a month after that. But Well, I just turned 30 a few days ago, so I got to definitely take on this Dan Cardos way of, of getting in, of getting into it because I got to. I, I definitely have to. I enjoy myself way too much. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, believe me, I know. Uh, me too. Me too. You you have style. We, we talked about that, but you're a sneakerhead. How did that start, and what's that like for you? My, my, dude, my whole entire life, I've been in, into sneakers always, forever, since first grade, since kindergarten. Um, and, uh, I definitely get yelled at, uh, by my fiance. She gets annoyed. I try not to buy a lot of sneakers these days because, you know, with the resale market, the way it is, dude, sneakers are so crazy expensive and I'll, I'm going to wear them to work. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I try, I try to chill and just limit it. You know what I mean? And I try to be mindful that, you know, it is ridiculous to have a million pairs of sneakers, but I, it's just an accessory that I love, man. I, it's just sneaker culture has always been cool to me. I love it. I think it's cool. I, uh, it just connects me to my, to my youth and to, to my, my, my growing up. And, uh, I love it. And I, it's just a cool style element. And, uh, you know, I love it. That's it. That's all I can really say about it. And I'll probably never stop. I'll always have a couple, couple pairs of, you know, I'll have some, I'll have some heat always. You have to. That's great. You know, following you on Instagram, it's almost like the drip report with Dan Cardos. <laughs> yeah. That's what I feel like. And it's great. And I love it. And I'm here for it. Um, one other thing, F1. I know you you enjoy Formula One. So do I. Uh, when did you start liking that? And what's your thoughts on that? Grew up a Michael Schumacher fan. Um, saw Michael Schumacher, you know, uh, go from Benetton to hmm. being the winningest at the time, winningest um, Formula One driver, world champion. You see his documentary? Uh, Lewis, I, I have. I've seen his documentary. Sad, but great. Um, I mean, just, it was just an unbelievable era in racing. And, you know, it was just one of those things that I stumbled across as a kid. I used to watch, uh, you know, I, I'd start out with, with Formula One race. 
And then after that, it was um, straight over to USA. And on USA, I watch wrestling. <laughs> you know, it was just a natural progression, you know. <laughs> baby. There it is. Yep. McLaren. And um, Danny Rick, that's my boy. <laughs> oh, dude, I love him. He, he's such a great personality. And, uh, I love McLaren. you know, it's, and it's something that, that I just, uh, you know, I've always kept up with. Uh, I enjoy it. And uh, it's just, a, it's a very cool cool sport and i i like the uh i just i just like it i, I, I like everything about it i love cars i, I love um the, the speed involved and i love the competitiveness and it's cool you know no offense to nascar but i like that it's not in a circle I, uh, yeah no you know, dude i find myself every now and then watching nascar too and it, I, i'm almost like all right am i gonna get into this because there'll be so many lead changes it's fucking crazy True. so it's true. I was a big Jeff Gordon fan back in the day. Maybe it's yeah. Maybe it's because Jeff's gone. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not gone, gone, but no longer, no longer racing. But no longer active. Yeah. But anyway, man, Chef Dan Cardos, this has been incredible. I appreciate you so much. You're an absolute you. star. You're you're a legend. It's so fun to watch everything that you're doing. Um, and you're a great person. And I think first and foremost, Thank you. That's like super big and important. Great human being. So. I have a question for you, but before, just to wrap up, I ask all my guests this question, and I'm sure most people listen know where this is going. But before we get to that, please, 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 for everyone listening, where can they find you on Instagram, social media, your restaurants, everything like that? Give the fine people the uh, the drip report. <laughs> yeah. The uh, easiest way to find me is at Chef Dan Cardo, C-H-E-F-D-A-N-K-A-R-D-O-S, Chef Dan Cardos on Instagram. From there, right in my bio, you can see the links to the restaurants. Uh, Oranoke CT is just our Oranoke uh, restaurant link, and that will be updating much more now that we're almost, you know, almost moved to where we're going. So all the info on that will be available. Uh, Oranoke Birdhouse is the Stratford Birdhouse page, and Birdhouse underscore Milford on Instagram is the uh, Instagram handle for Milford Birdhouse. So easiest way is just find me and everything is connected all to that you'll be able to see everything that we do um places that we're at and i mean we're always doing something we're somewhere we're catering parties we're at breweries we're doing whatever we're doing you know so you know tune in and there's always updates and there's so much more to come awesome sounds good sounds great Dan Cardos is definitely a must follow on Instagram, whether it's Marty from Stop and Shop or the <laughs> amazing food he's making or the wonderful, great and powerful Oski, who's amazing. Yeah. Real quick, talk to me about him, your your dog. He's such a I mean, he's a superstar for sure, but at the cutest. Wild. Yeah, talk to me about Oski real quick. So in a nutshell, um, me and my now fiance, after I won guys grocery games, right there, right then, I proposed to Julie, and yeah, now we are engaged to get married. Thank you. Congratulations! And, uh, that was yeah, awesome. Was watching you propose no. on on TV and just thinking, no. I mean, no, not, no. Not, not on TV, but but when it was, you know, just seeing you live and saying like, "Oh, I'm gonna propose," yeah. I was like, "Oh, he's definitely proposing to his girlfriend right now." Like like at the yeah. <laughs> at trial. Oh, I had to. I had to. <laughs> so so anyway, last, about a year ago now, we were um. At the, we were on the food truck. We were at Tribus Brewery. And uh, a buddy of mine was like texting me, hey, man, I got a puppy. Come over and see our puppy. Come over and see our puppy. And we left to get like more hot dog buns or something. So I'm like, all right, on the way, let's go check out Pat's puppy. 
So we go over there and we see this cute little puppy and he goes, yo, the lady has one left. She's in Darien. I'm supposed to go back to Travis with these hot dog buns. Instead, I go, hey, let's just go to Darien. We come home with this dog, right? We didn't have, we had nothing. I didn't have a dog bed. I didn't have a dog bowl. I didn't have, I didn't have a leash. I, we had nothing. And um, we never looked back, man. He's the, 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 the best dog in the world. And he's just a sweet little guy. And I do, I love him. He's a little shih tzu. And uh, he's just, I, I mean, I, I love that dog. I take him everywhere. Julie takes him everywhere. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So <laughs> Awesome. That's great. And he's on Instagram, too. He's on there all the time. You see my, come to my page. He's always on there. Adorable. Absolutely adorable. Love, love the color. Uh, love him. He's, he's, he's definitely, uh, he's, he's definitely what I, what I tune in for on the, on the Dan Carlos Instagram amongst, <laughs> amongst other things. I'm definitely there for, for, uh, for Oski. So anyway, yeah, no, of course. And look, one last thing I ask my guests before they leave me, I've done it in season one. I'm bringing it to season two. Uh, hell, if there's a season three, I'll probably bring it there too. Considering Connecticut is known so well for its pizza, especially New Haven. I always like to ask my guests, you know, when they're in New Haven, where's your spot? Where's that place you're like, oh, I'm going here to get my pizza? And then not only that, but what are some places around where you live that you like to get pizza? And on another, you know, on another hand, just a restaurant that you like to go to that you're like, you know, I'm feeling this is my spot. I'm going to go here tonight. Great. Okay. So uh, New Haven pizza, man, I'm going to Pepe's, man, or Modern. Um, or Sally's, you know, one, one of the, 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 okay. the big three, you know, okay. um, I don't eat a lot of pizza these days. I can't eat too much cheese to be honest with you. It sucks. And I'm miserable about it, but it's a fact of life yeah. when I'm in Milford. Um, and I'm, some people are going to give me shit for this. I don't care. Colony pizza. I know it's bar pizza. I'm not saying it's real pizza. I understand that. I'm not a fucking dummy. I love, um, it. I love Colony pizza is bang so- and I love it. So and I don't care. And he then died. around here, around here, obviously, all you know, all all my chef friends that own and operate amazing restaurants, I love all their restaurants. I could go on forever talking about them. But there's a little restaurant here in Milford called Fratelli's, uh, about a mile from our house. And um we we love to go there on Sundays and just hang out. It's just you know, simple, unfussy, classic Italian american food um they got great spritzes and uh it's great that's been our that's been our new hangout uh here in town that's awesome and milford's great love milford i go to fans every here and there during the summer definitely definitely a great spot to check out a lot of great places over there uh especially the place dan cardo's got going on so i gotta get over there gotta get over there to birdhouse gotta check it out get over there cardo some love dan cardo's Man, Chef Dan Cardo's on the pod. This is great. Thank you so much, buddy. I really Thank appreciate you. it. I am super excited to, you know, not only hear and see about all the great things you're doing now, but just, man, what the future holds. It's so great. We love what you do here for us in Connecticut. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. And I hope you have a great night, and I wish you nothing but the best. And I'm definitely going to be seeing you soon. I'm coming up. Yeah, dude. We're, we're going to – or I'll come out your way. We'll have a couple beers. Perfect. So I'll get Jeff out. We'll do it. <laughs> yeah. We'll get Jeff out too. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, listen, once more, Chef Dan Cardos, follow him everywhere. Check him out. Look at his guy's grocery games episode. Amazing. You'll be inspired. 
and you know just a great great human being and that's what we're all about here on sweet enough podcast talking to great people so you have a great night buddy thank you so much thank you so much thank you take care Huge thanks once again to my guest on the podcast today, my man and a total Connecticut legend on a continual rise, the wonderful Chef Dan Cardos. Thank you so much, Dan. I really, really appreciate it. Getting to chat with you was so great. Learning about all the wonderful things you've done in your career that is just getting going, man. Even though you've been doing this for so long, we appreciate you so much here in the state. I can't wait to grab a beer with you sometime and some to eat. And listen, man, as I like to say on the show, onward and upward, all the best. Just like that, another episode of Sweeten Up is in the books. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate your feedback. As a reminder, you can play the podcast with the help of your smart speaker by simply saying, play the podcast Sweeten Up with Jeff Spencer. Thank you as always to my best friends, the guys who make it all possible, Post-production and music, Morgan Luzzi. Production and art director, Kurt Vinci. Editor and writer, Nick Passacreta. And a special thanks, as always, to Devin Sapelli. My guest on the podcast next week is my good friend, the wonderful Joe Attenito. Joe Attenito is the founder and owner of JJ Stacks, a dive restaurant located in Brookfield, Connecticut on Federal Road, complete with not only food that is to die for, but a mini golf course as well. Joe was the previous owner of Tiger's Den Sports Bar in Richfield, Connecticut, and has worked with some of the great chefs of our state. Food has been a passion of Joe's for a long time, since he was little, and it was great to catch up with him to see how he has fared during COVID-19 how everything is going at JJ Stacks and what the future holds. Do not miss out on this one. But until then, you know the deal. Stay safe, stay healthy. Love you all. Peace.